Hello, Herd, and welcome to uh, Thursday. This is Thursday. This is our Thursday show, uh, which means it's the return of our Clone Wars rewatch. And if you've been following along, that is exciting because we are now rewatching the 2008 series. Uh, yeah. Yay! We spent the first couple of episodes looking back at the 2003 series because I loved it and yeah. because it's, it's our nice. podcast and we can do what we want. Um, podcast and I'll do what I want to. And so speaking of our podcast, I am your herd leader, John Wayne. And I am your herd mom, Megan. And uh, like I said, we're going to be talking about the 2008 Clone Wars series. And so this will be the episode that if you're a fan of Clone Wars and you've already seen it, but you want to rewatch it to prep for the new season that's coming out on the streaming service, uh, then listen with us, uh, talk with us about it. Um, and you know, if you're new to it and you want to have discussions because it's all just so awesome and overwhelming, then this is also the place for you because, uh, we are two sides of the coin. I am someone who's rewatching it and for probably the 30th time, several, several, several times. Yes. And um, I am the dumb. And you're not, no, you're just, you just, I'm an you didn't like it. You're uninitiated. You didn't like it at first. So you just yeah. were like, nah. Um, but now I'm forcing you and taking yeah. away all of your rights of choice and just making you do this. It's like uh, you're, <laughs> you know, a man. Oh, oh! dang. Women will lead the revolution. Um, Joy anyway, revolution. <laughs> now that my uh, manhood's been crushed. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> you were watching it for the first time. Yeah, and um, I'm enjoying it for the first time. There you go. See, so... Uh, sometimes you're forced yeah. to do things you end up liking. I've gotten far too attached to many characters. Already. Already. <laughs> so, um, for housekeeping, um, so you know how we're watching this, we are watching chronological order. Yes. If that confuses you, just go to StarWars.com. Um, they have the Star Wars Clone Wars uh, chronological order uh, watching list. That's what yeah. we're going by. We are not skipping episodes, no matter how small and insignificant. Um, we may not have as much time to talk. We, we may not spend as much time to talk about them. Yeah. But we will be watching all the episodes. I, I yeah. thought about cutting out some of the, you know, minor stuff, but and I just, I couldn't do it. Sometimes filler's okay. I mean, look at Dragon Ball. There's nothing, there's no filler in Clone Wars, at least from my perspective, yeah. that's terrible. Like. Huh. You can watch all of it and enjoy yeah. all of it, but if you're going for the story, then yeah, there are certain arcs you can leave yeah. out. You'll miss out on some really awesome clones and other hijinks. Other hijinks. Um, like, I will say that watching in the order that we are watching in, it makes the first episode so much better. <laughs> yeah, it makes the introduction a little bit better. Yeah, it makes um, it makes sense. So, but yeah, so that way, um, you, you know how to follow along with us. So that means we're not talking about episode one in this. Um, we're actually no. talking about season two, episode 16, season one, episode 16 and the theatrical film. Yes. Uh, next week, um, we'll actually get more, uh, to the yeah. episode one. Um, it, well, anyway, let's yeah. just talk about this week. Stop yapping and get into it. Yeah. Um, just as another note, you can go to our Twitter. Um, we do have, I did post there um, our watch list as well. 
Um, yes. So that way you can also see the arcs we're going to talk about and see which ones we're going to talk about each episode. So Yeah, and I'm not going to make the Noah joke again. <laughs> but I Thank do you. know a guy. Um, like I said, this episode, we're talking about three episodes. That's going to be the average um, because yeah. in the Clone Wars, there is normally three to four episode arcs. Yeah. Um, and so if you want to see what that is and which ones are going to be on which episodes, again, that's on Twitter. So yes. I think that is enough of an intro. Um, yes. Good yes. housekeeping. Yes. Okay. So let's get into it. So as I mentioned, um, we start with season two, episode 16, which um, starting there, as you mentioned, as someone fresh, uh, this was a bit better of an introduction. I'm fresh as a bagel. <laughs> uh, fresh and clean. Um, Ain't nobody dope as me. The, this was a better intro for you than going in um, numerical, as, as I assume yes. you did last time. Yeah. I watched the first three episodes and gave up because I had no idea what was going on. Yeah. Um, so this does help smooth the transition a little bit. Uh, it's it's interesting how kind of anticlimactic it is. Yeah. Just as a start of a series as all, as a whole. I, I do think that the theatrical film, which is technically third um, in what we're going to talk about, but I think the theatrical film does well to introduce. Yes. Um, but when you watch the episodes that come before it, so when you watch it in the order that it's supposed to be, so uh, season two, episode 16, season one, episode 16, and then the film, yes. you don't have that grandiose theatrical introduction. You just have, here we are. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think overall, if you watch it chronological, it will um, be a smooth introduction. And so what we'll kind of do is we'll, uh, I'll read the opening narration and we'll talk about uh, the episode yes. and then we'll kind of stop and chat about um, some notes we have of it and what we thought of it. And that'll kind of be the kind of map for every episode that we talk about. Uh, it may change as we uh, kind of go through this, if we find a better way to do it. Yes. Um, we'll see. But uh, so season two, episode 16. Are you going to do the voice? I'll, I maybe. Yeah. I can try. I might embarrass myself and uh, Tom Kane might laugh at me, but... But it's good. I we'll love see. the voice. So season two, episode 16, uh, episode title is Cat and Mouse. And the Mouse. one cool thing I love about the Clone Wars, um, which, you know, I do the Monday Motivation episodes where I take kind of a, a line or a little moral nugget from Star Wars and... <laughs> Use that to kind of be an mm, inspirational and moral nuggets. <laughs> the best flavor. With a good heap and help one of ethics sauce. <laughs> um, Sorry. Coming to a McDonald's near you. Um, it's better than Szechuan. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I kind of take that uh, and kind of make a positive and motivational kind of episode about it. Yeah. Um, every episode of The Clone Wars starts with a moral, um, which I really love because. You know, Star Wars is already full of it. It's great. Um, it's those nice little keep in your back pocket moments that help you remember uh, the point of a story. Yes. So um, I keep a lot of things in my back pockets. <laughs> you're a woman. You don't have pockets in your pants. I wonder whose fault that is, John. I, well, I don't make pants. <laughs> <laughs> make pants, not war. What are these pockets for ants? Um. I keep ants in my pockets too. 
So this episode's moral is a wise leader knows when to follow. Yes. Um, the opening narration. Uh, I'm not going to do the voice. Oh, come on. For me. Oh, my goodness. Just a little bit. It's uh, my favorite part of every episode. <laughs> Uh, well, it's basically just Admiral Yularen. Exactly. Um. I like how he's there. Oh, my gosh. Go on, John. Um. An impenetrable defense. Separatist ships blockade the resource-rich planet of Christophsis. Tap- I'm not doing that, the whole thing. I love uh, it. <laughs> trapping Senator Bail Organa and his relief effort. Uh, desperate to aid the esteemed senator, a Republic task force under the command of Jedi Knight Anakin Skywalker must break the impasse. But the uh, but time runs short for the senator and the good citizens of Christophsis. What how, about the bad ones? How good are they? <laughs> exactly. Are they worth it? Are they like Nineveh? Um. Oh gosh, the worst of the worst there. So, um, the re- so the episode we uh, kind of jump in um, to an already begun battle. It's a battle mostly of wits and tactics in this episode, rather than your traditional uh, shoot. First, ask questions later. Which so, isn't very effective if you think about it. Yeah. Dead people don't usually ask questions unless you got a Luigi board. <laughs> How do Luigi board? <laughs> Can you get it from Luigi board? <laughs> um, do you need to get it from a witch or vegan? Oh my goodness. So many rabbit trails. So the Separatist uh, blockade is led by hey, Admiral, hey, Admiral Trench um, of the CIS. Uh, and he's got a very firm... Um, blockade of the planet keep preventing any uh republic resources to coming through admiral trench is um a giant spider yeah um i <laughs> i'm trying to see i don't think i had a note of what his species is called he's just a spider boy yeah he's he's a giant spider same thing as um mr Waternoose from monsters inc uh well, he's a little bit more anatomically correct though like the giant Mouth pincer and everything. Like, water noose at least is a little more human. Um, oh mm-hmm. my gosh, I love... Um, oh, what's the potion called? Uh, F- Felix Felicis. Yes, I love Harry Potter when he's high on Felix Felicis. It's um, amazing. Liquid luck. Um, <laughs> he's got pincers. He's so funny. Um, so if you just imagine that scene uh, as all of Admiral Trench, <laughs> yes. then you're you're in. You there got you it. Go. Ooh. If they do him in a live action played by Daniel Radcliffe, <laughs> no makeup, no nothing, oh just my. his fingies. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> oh, um, so so many rabbit trails. Uh, he Admiral Trench is pre- uh, intent on preventing the Republic from aiding Senator Argana on the ground. Um, this requires a stealthy approach in order to aid the ground troops, and so uh, okay. enter the stealth uh, ship of the Republic. It's a new experimental ship. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so, uh, it's very re- submarine-like, but it's also very reminiscent of the original yeah. Millennium Falcon design, which is, instead of being like a giant donut, it's m- it's more of a hot dog. Um, so, hot dog style, not hamburger style. Yes. Okay, there you That would have been the better. <laughs> I want a donut. That's why I said donut. I want ice cream. Let's go get ice cream um, and donuts. Oh, yeah. So, bye, guys. Let's uh, be fat. No. Um... It, but it's a very elongated uh, tube-like ship. Uh, Those are the best it is is what it made me think of. It made me think of the Ralph McQuarrie uh, Millennium Falcon, and so um, 
Of course, the plan is to have the best pilot, Anakin Skywalker, um, take uh, take the ship and sneak past the blockade. But uh, the plan quickly changes uh, when Adam Trench, Adam, Adam. <laughs> oh my goodness, Adam Trench, <laughs> for President, when Adam, Adm- Admiral Adam Trench uh, <laughs> gets worried when the Republic's not doing anything, yeah. so he's like, That's "Huh, such like a name for a giant spider, just Adam, Adam." Oh my gosh, what was Billy's son's name in uh, Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy? Oh my gosh. I the can't, giant spider. I can't remember. <laughs> I loved him so much, though. Um, I felt bad for him. I freaking love that show. <laughs> anyway, um, this is going to be a fun episode. Uh, so, the Republic stops attacking because, you know, yes. their secret spy ship is out there, and you don't know where it is, so you might shoot it. Uh, this gets him worried, so he decides, eh, we'll provoke him. So they shoot some missiles at, uh, oh, no, no, they um, they have hyena bombers bomb um the location where Senator Organa is. Yes. And so... Which is effective. Yeah. Essentially, it upsets Anakin, so he's like, I've got to do something, because, yeah. you know, that's his personality. Well, that's like most episodes of The Clone Wars. It's like, oh no, I've got to do something. I'm upset. Um, so he decides to use the stealth ship's uh, abilities to turn the tables on transients, so that's why I say it's a little bit of yeah. wits and tactics, because, you know... Uh, Anakin kind of decloaks, attacks, recloaks kind of yeah. thing. Um, but Admiral Yalaren figures out they're they're going against Admiral Trench, and he warns Anakin and says, you know, he he has experience with taking down stealth ships before, um, because apparently Trench is just this very great military tactician. Um, and so uh, Anakin gets creative. Essentially, he. Uh, coaxes Trench into launching um, missiles that lock onto the ship, and Anakin just delivers them right back, and it uh, destroys the um, main hub of the. Um, Which is a trope that's ship. very nice. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a very, ca- it's a usual fix. It's like, yeah. oh, they're homing in on me. I'll I'll trick them into going back to the bad guy. Yeah. Very rarely do homing missiles actually work. Hmm. Very, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that takes out Admiral Trench, um, and then, yeah, so the blockade kind of disperses from there. They've lost their leadership, so the Republic's able to just sneak past, deliver the supplies, and, uh, help the, uh, citizens of Christophsis, and it all kinds of ends on a good note now that the blockade's kind of broken through. Fun fact, everyone on that planet's name is Christopher. (laughs) Right, the planet of Chris's. It's where Chris Pratt lives, and, and Chris, Chris Evans, and Chris Pine, and Chris Hemsworth. Chris Nolan. Right, and Christopher Lee. Oh, um, he doesn't live anywhere right now. <laughs> oh, sadness. He's returned to the Force. Yeah. So, um, this episode was cool. I like I I like Admiral Trench. I like the much more tactical, Which is um, weird, you don't like military approach. I'm fine as long as they don't mess with me. Like, as long as they stay on their side of the lane, we cool. So if you saw, like, Admiral Trench in real life, what would you No, yeah, I would I would not go anywhere near him in real life. I mean, he's like an, a six-foot-tall spider. <laughs> he just, like, pops out of the closet one day, like, ha-ha! Uh, yeah, no. Cha-cha-cha! Um, uh, but speaking of Admiral Trench, he uh, is brought to life by D. Bradley Baker. Um, 
which is oh, cool. Dee Bradley Baker. Yeah, he gets a lot of work he from the really show. Does. <laughs> um, he's all the clones, so he's in exactly. every episode. Um, but he's also pretty much at least one other person in every episode. Yeah. Um, Bail Organa is voiced by Phil Lamar, um, who's uh, a very famous voice actor oh, of yeah. um, many, many years. He was so many things. Samurai Jack. Yeah. Um, he was uh, Green Lantern in the Justice League cartoon. Mm-hmm. Um, he was Hermes Conrad from uh, Futurama. He was. He was in Ben Ten. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you who. I think he um, was one of the aliens that Ben turns. He was. Uh, he was the Grim Reaper from Grim yeah. Adventures of Billy and Mandy. He was Grim. Um, Yet again, I love that show. And yeah. Another so, fun fact about the Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy: Billy, played by the same voice actor as Invader Zim. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, Five inches of bacon. Sorry, like <laughs> I got my uh, my uh, connect the dots name mixed up. Degrees. That's oh, what okay. I meant Five degrees of separation. Yeah. <laughs> Fox, that's a bacon. Oh my goodness. Um, and so uh, the as I mentioned, the 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 stealth ship reminded me of a submarine, and that was intentional yeah. because. The combat of the ship-to-ship battle was meant to resemble World War II-era submarine battle. Uh, Much more, you don't have a clear sight. You kind of have to trust your um, tactics kind of thing. It's very very battleship-oriented of you kind of just take some pot shots. But then, you know, when you do make a hit, you kind of got to calculate off of that. Okay, it means it could be here, here, here kind of. Yeah. Stuff, very cool stuff. I just imagine something that I need you to draw, um, like a down periscope kind of situation, but it's R two D two, and like a viewer comes out of like his butt, his legs fold out to be like the handles of the periscope, and his head goes up. Like, oh my god, submarine, submarine, R two D two. Yeah, um, that's cute. Um, yeah, you draw, you drew me an ATAT, um, ATST, ATST. Yeah, I drew, I drew. Uh, uh, R2-D2-R-T. A-T-S-T. Yeah. Um, Which we need to put that on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. like he was a giant walker. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things you've ever drawn for me. Um, uh, that's sad. I've driven, drawn a lot of things. That was a silly little doodle. Exactly. Those are my favorite. Oh, well, I like your doodles. There you, I've been trying too hard then. Um, <laughs> Bail Organa in the episode, he uh, asks Obi-Wan for help and says, you're my only hope. Um <laughs> it's a, it runs in the family. Um, <laughs> they don't have a lot of hope in the Organa family. Yeah. They need to rely on other people. Um, and they just need Jesus. Right. He is your real, uh, uh, true only hope. Um, Jesus can do what Nintendo don't. I mean, you're not wrong. Sigma Bim Bam reference. There. Whatever. Um, we also meet uh, yeah. Clone Captain Rex of the 501st. Who I um, immediately fell in love with. I freaking love Rex Um, And fun fact, he's named after the original pilot of the Star Tours ride at Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the original Captain Rex, who is going to soon be the DJ of uh, the Cantina at Galaxy's Edge. Are you excited? I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, so uh, what do you think overall of the episode? I'm not crazy about, like, war movies, so it wasn't quite my cup of tea. Um, I will admit to kind of zoning out there a little bit, but I think 
for my first foray into the full Clone Wars storyline, I think it was a good start. Mm-hmm. Like, I like weird characters, and so Trench kind of got in there. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's it's such a specific style. I I can see it. It's it's a yeah. kind of cup of tea episode where yeah, it you you watch it more for the uh, the story rather than the full thing. Yeah. Kind of thing. In order to like get me to like stuff like that, you got to have great characters, great, great story, great mission, great everything. Mm-hmm. You got to have a cheer at Imway. You <laughs> yeah, you ba- have it, it basically Bowie. has to be Rogue One. <laughs> exactly, that's what I was getting <laughs> at. Like, I love Rogue One so much. Yeah, uh, and that's what I tell people. Like, if you like war movies yeah. and you like Star Wars, Rogue One is perfect. If you like Star Wars movies. That was a joke that became not a joke. That one should have stayed inside. <laughs> Awkward. Sorry. If you like Star Wars movies, then this is the podcast for you. If you don't um, like Star Wars, you have the wrong podcast. Or maybe the right one to convince you that you're wrong. Who knows? You know, because there's no wrong people except people that don't like Star Wars. Amen, sister. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I think it was... Uh, I. I uh, and we'll talk about the actual first episode of the series next week. Uh, I did like this introduction more. It was much, uh, and and that's easy for me because it was my cup of tea, but I did like this as a better episode one. Like I said, I wish the intro was much more theatrical. Um, I felt like the film did a great way, a great job of introducing. Um, But uh, definitely this, I thought was a good, it's a good episode to start with. Yeah, definitely. Alrighty, moving on. Alright, so moving on to the next episode, we have Season 1, Episode 16, which I don't know if it was purposeful or coincidental, but I think it's nice that Season 1 and Season 2's episodes are both Episode 16. Yeah. Just nice to remember. Uh, but this episode is titled Hidden Enemy, and the moral is true in, truth enlightens the mind, but not doesn't always bring happiness to your heart. Which is very true. Yeah. Ain't that the truth. Boy, howdy. Sometimes the truth hurts. Um, It's not what you want to hear, but it's what you need to hear. Uh, So the opening narration is a planet under siege. Separatist forces mercilessly batter the beautiful and elegant world of Christophsis. Unable to defend themselves any longer, the people of Christophsis call upon the Jedi for assistance, hoping to save lives and prevent further destruction. Obi-Wan and Anakin Skywalker plan to a daring ambush which can turn the tide of the fight for this crucial star system. Also, Hera's dad's in this one. No. No? Not in this one? No. That's next week's. Oh, beans. Yeah, we kind of watched um, more than these yeah. episodes. and I so to. Yeah. Um, which is a good thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so next week we have to talk about that. Uh, Spoiler alert! Okay. Okay, I got it this time. You with me? You on it? You in it? I want some out of it. Get it, got it, good. All right, so this episode, um, it is in all three that we're talking about. The the two episodes in the film are all in the Christophsis arc, so we're still on Christophsis, obviously. And so Anakin and Obi-Wan are hoping to kind of have a a crucial strike that will end things um, permanently and um, make it impossible for the droids to continue battering the planet and its citizens. Um, uh, But it all goes wrong because uh, droids just come out of nowhere. So 
Anakin and Obi-Wan are perched in two separate buildings on either side of the main pathway. And so the idea is that they'll ambush the droids below, but the droids ambush their ambush. Um, <laughs> and uh, so it causes them to uh, re- need to retreat. Too many um, bushes. As they are escaping, uh, Rex has the idea to take the uh, tactical droid's head to kind of hopefully find out some information on why or how they knew where to find them. Yeah. Um, they want to know where they might be headed. No. <laughs> um, Jungle crew. It pays off <laughs> because they find out that they have information, inside information. Mm-hmm. So uh, Commander Cody uh, quickly. Who I also love. Yeah. Um, he quickly kind of throws out the idea. It's someone from inside. Yeah. Um, which is kind of hard to believe at first, but it's confirmed quickly when a communicator is found on in the debriefing room. Mm-hmm. Rex and Cody pursue, and um, they're, pursu- they're they're pursuing a clone who very suspiciously runs away. Um, and uh, they only lose him because they go into the mess hall where, lo and behold, they all look the same. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of hard to find. <laughs> it's like we're looking for someone. What does he look like? Right. You. <laughs> Um, meantime, in the meantime, Obi-Wan and Anakin decided, Hey, we're just going to go to the enemy camp and try and figure this out ourselves. Um, and along the way, the droids just let them, they just wander in. Of course. Uh, and, uh, they hope to find out who the leak is that way, I guess. Uh, but instead they discover that Asajj Ventress is there and is kind of pulling the strings. Yeah. Um, she's a puppet master. At this point, we've figured out okay it's a clone yeah it's obviously a clone uh who's leaking the information which is kind of hard to wrap your mind around at first but um which as i've said i've already gotten way too attached to the clones (laughs) yeah like watching uh revenge of the sith is gonna be rough it's it's not even gonna take you that long i mean watching trust me (laughs) we're 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 only in the first few episodes trust me it gets worse um So kind of as Obi-Wan and Anakin are facing off against Ventress and Obi-Wan and Ventress are flirty, uh, which is always awkward. It's so weird. (laughs) I don't like it. Um, I don't like it. Cody and Rex uh, kind of deduce the, or they kind of narrow down their suspects uh, to one barracks. And so they get with um, the leading trooper of the barracks and has everybody kind of gathered together and kind of in the same uh, suspicious interrogation of uh, John Carpenter's The Thing. It's kind of like a, are you the one? Are you the one? Are you the one? They I don't love that movie. They don't it's test so each other's bad. blood, but yeah. it's it's it it reminds me of that. Like you don't know who you can trust. Um, there's a couple of red herrings, but it's um, quickly outed that it's actually the leader of the barracks, um, the one who Cody and Rex have been talking to the whole time. Um, uh, his name is Slick. Uh, couldn't, have, yeah. couldn't have been a hint there. Um, he tries to escape, causes some havoc along the way, but uh, eventually Rex and Cody capture him and uh, all the way onto the mini uh, enemy camp. Anakin and Obi-Wan fail to capture Ventress, um, but she flees the planet onto her next important mission, which we'll find out about next. Yeah. Um, she always likes to stick her neck out. Her neck's not abnormally long in this. <laughs> She's always. It was an artistic choice, Megan. 
She's a giraffe. Oh my goodness. Although I do, I will say I like her face paint a lot more. Or her tattoos. Mm-hmm. Her decorations a lot more in this uh, series. Yeah, it's a little bit more ornament. Yeah. And she has eyes, which is nice. Yeah. Uh, well, pupils. She doesn't, she, doesn't have, she doesn't have the TMNT eyes. Yeah, I love that. I love that show. Um, so, yeah, so it ends. We've got a clone trader uh, who... It was actually interesting because Alex and Molly on Star Wars Explained recently answered a question about this of, like, what mm-hmm. happens to those clones, like, that turn bad, which I, I don't even know how frequently it happens, but yeah. um, they kind of said what I thought of is just, like, they probably kill them. Probably. Like, I mean, okay. you wouldn't probably put them in jail. Yeah. I mean, like, what would what would that... They were literally created to be soldiers, and he can't do that yeah. right. So... So, let me step up on my soapbox so that I can get on my high horse. Um, I... That's something that I don't like, and I think was very intentional. That clones are treated as completely disposable. Like, I've talked about this before, but yeah, it, it kind of sits with me in an unsettling way. I think I think it's meant to, because I think, especially for it to come from the Jedi, yeah. I think it's meant to serve as oh, yeah, absolutely. that. Because uh, there's actually instances where even the Jedi seem to... I mean, Obi-Wan in uh, Revenge of the Sith, when Anakin wants to go back and help the clones that are um, giving them cover fire... Um, you know, Obi-Wan says, and it can be taken as a very military kind of uh, mindset where it's like, they're doing their job so we can do ours. But, I mean, really what he's saying is yeah. they're they're dying so that we don't. You know, they're taking all the fire so that we can do the real important mission. Like, um, Clones it's, matter. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I, I think it's meant to be unsettling. It's unsettling, yeah. I agree, but it's. I think it's meant to be. I think it yeah. is pers- purposeful. Because it causes you to question, like, the yeah. Jedi, the good guys. Hashtag um, clones are people too, guys. Exactly. So, um, rights. and the great thing is, this is going to come up a lot. This is yeah. th- this kind of conversation is going to come up a lot in specific instances, yeah. um, which I think is going to be really cool. I mean, especially when we talk about the episode with uh, number 99. Yeah, so, like, yeah, like, like next week's. No, it, but that's the thing where it leaves the option open of... Maybe they kept him around, but 99's different yeah. than a criminal. Like, yeah, you know, he's a defect, but he's still useful. He's also real precious. Yeah. With Slick, uh, you know, he's just straight up criminal. Like, yeah. he broke programming, mm-hmm. uh, you know. So it's, it's much like, well, this phone doesn't work the way it's supposed to. We'll get you a new one and destroy <laughs> this one. I hate it when my clones explode when I'm charging them. <laughs> <laughs> what an obscurely, like, that was years ago now at this point. That was 2016. Right? Oh, just a couple of years. Not as long as I thought. It seemed like forever ago. <laughs> that was one of the weird parts of 2016. That was just like, okay. That's happening. There were several parts of 2016 that were like that. Everything's been terrible since... Uh... Well, since I can remember. <laughs> oh, well, which one? <laughs> anyway. Hey. Um, so some notes on this episode, uh, Ventress is now voiced by Nika Futterman. Um, awesome name. I wish I'd thought to include some other credits of hers. Um, 
but uh, I don't recall the name off the top of my head, but it's a very different voice. She actually has a lot more dialogue, obviously, in this. She's much more present oh, yeah. in this than... She's not just a appear-and-disappear character mm-hmm. like she was in the original Clone Wars series, um, but she does have a new voice. Uh, it was Grey Delisle that did her voice in the original. Yes. Um... Yeah, I have the note on here that the, you know, the dialogue between Ventress and Obi-Wan. It's um, creepy. There's actually, and it's not really a spoiler because it's nothing significant, but in the book Dark Disciple that has to do with the end of Ventress's story in the Clone Wars. Um, it was originally supposed to be episodes, but when the show was canceled, they made it into a canon book. So you can go out and read. It's a great, great, great book. Um, there's a couple of times when like obi-wan is coaching another jedi that's going in undercover um to find ventress and Mm -hmm. says like uh you know she's a she's something and she's going to be flirty and if you ignore her she'll it'll probably give you away so you've got to kind of banter with her and uh the other jedi's like what obi-wan didn't say flirting the other jedi was like so you flirt with her and he's like "Eh, it's witty banter obi-wan he's straight up it's like like thinking about the concept that your parents have had sex it's just like just weird no um (laughs) so yeah it's it's interesting and you know this is in episode one um or not episode one but this is in the early episodes um and it only it it continues throughout the show guys so yeah get used to it i don't want to um and and so speaking of interest, um, she's kind of just thrown in. She's very she doesn't get a full introduction. Yeah. And as soon as Anakin and Obi Wan see her, they know who she is. They have a history. Um, the reason yeah. for that is, um, and we talked about it on our last episode that we talked about the 2003 series. That you know, Dave Filoni was very respectful of what came before. Mm-hmm. When he started creating this series. The 2003 series was still considered canon, so he was being respectful to that. Yeah, and if there's two things we know about Dave Filoni is that he's respectful and he likes wolves. Yes, uh, you know that's pretty much his personality. <laughs> um, and so, for all intents and purposes, when Filoni was directing and and, and working on this, um, what had come previously in the 2003 series was Ventress's introduction. Yeah, um, and you got to figure, you know. Uh, five years later, you're, you're st- you still probably have some of the same audience, so they would recognize her. Yeah. Um, I know I thought it was cool seeing her uh, return. Um, yeah. So if it seems odd to you, just kind of yeah. uh, keep that in the back of your mind. And if you're like, well, I haven't seen the 2003 series, then go watch yeah. it and then go listen to our episodes where we talk about it. Yeah. I mean, I like Ventress. There's a good reason that when I went to Launch Bay, and made my lightsaber. I made a lightsaber, by the way. I kind of chose her hilt mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Ventress, great character. Uh, if not for the flirty dialogue with Obi Wan. Yeah, it's weird. Um, and it goes both ways, so it's not one sided. That's yeah. the that's the gross part. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. Da, 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 da. So yeah. So interest. It it like I said gives that interesting conundrum of okay. So what happened to Slick? Like I said, I, I agree with Star Wars Explain. I think they probably just killed him because of the way they look at the clones. Yeah. But it it's just an interesting concept of, you know, we already mentioned, much like uh, Clone 99, who was a defect. Um, Special guy. It you, you don't really think that in the process of cloning, you can mess up until yeah. it happens. And then you're like, especially 
I mean, look at what happened in Alien 3. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and but even more so when you get into the idea of their biological programming. Like, the clones are programmed. Mm-hmm. They're, they are essentially, in some ways, droids. They're very controlled and they're very... I mean, you know, you've got the, the uh, Republic contingencies, Order 66 and such, in place um, to control them. Yeah. So... things can go wrong. Um, and we see that a couple of times, but it's just, it's interesting. I never would have thought of a clone. I'm, it's a lot harder to think of a clone turning on the Republic than a clone abandoning the Republic. And it's one of those things like, I know that there was a force in our podcast about, you know, our droids sentient. Mm -hmm. A lot of the times they're not thought of that that way. I think a lot of the times clones are thought of as the same way. You know, they're just clones. Yeah. Like they're, they're, they're tools for the Republic. Clones aren't people. Well, and then you get into the interesting politics of, all right, let's say they won the war. Yeah. Then what? Like you've got to have clone rights now. Cause it's like, you know, when, when they go to start a family, would they be able to get married? Would they be recognized? Votes for clones guys. You know, it's, 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 it, it opens this whole well of questions of, Mm -hmm you know, that clearly weren't thought of because they weren't meant to go that far. They weren't supposed to live that long. No, they were supposed to serve the war's purpose and that was it. So. I just made myself sad. Yeah. Thanks, John. Well, man. Um, (laughs) That's a good argument. uh, Well, but the, the interesting thing is that's part of why Slick turns is because you know, he criticizes the Jedi for being slavers. Like, he looks at his brothers as slaves to the Jedi. Yeah. That's why he turns. Uh, and so, you know, he, he agrees with us. He yeah. just went about it on in very shady ways. Yeah. But It's kind of like, if you've ever watched Doctor Who, it's kind of like the Ood. Oh, yes. It, it's very much totally so. Like, like there, there's an arc of episodes where there's aliens oh. um, that are treated very That's similar amazing in their secondary rights to clones. And it's, yeah. it's very sad. They're treated as servants basically. Yeah. Well, and the thing is it's it, you know, the saddest part is that it's not too dissimilar to reality. Yeah. Um, you know, not too long ago, this was what America looked like. Yeah. And in some cases there's people that still think America should look like this. We call those people words. Wrong. I can't say. <laughs> yeah. This is a family friendly podcast, except for the whole part where you earlier mentioned, you know, the trauma of, thinking about your parents having sex, but that's just life. Baby. That's yeah. Um, it, that, that's, that's the great part of star Wars is it can lead into these much deeper, yeah. real conversations of, you know, Hey, you think it's that bad for clones? Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? There's people actually treated like that. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's an interesting dynamic of like, if we were watching this with our kids, that would start such a, a good, and necessary conversation of, hey, do you think it that this way the clones are treated is right? Well, yeah. if you imagine, if you know, as hard as it is to believe, I would love to say that I can see a world where our kids are going to grow up where there's no racism, but yeah, th- that's probably not going to be the case. So, yeah. but to but to know that I could probably use Star Wars to help them understand and find value in people that are different and um, not. Uh, like them, yeah. It, it's assuring, you know. It, it's a great way to be able to introduce real, uh, deep morals. It, it's not, it's yeah. not uh, dancing around the issue. It, it, it touches the issue very 
you know, spot on. Yeah. So, um, it's like our kids are going to grow up with Mr. Rogers neighborhood and star Wars to teach them morals. Cause I'm not showing them this drivel. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we got really deep and off there, but um, <laughs> Sorry. that's again, that's the beauty of Star Wars. We can do that, you know, yeah. but don't, don't forget guys, this is just a kid show. Yes. Uh, you know, I mean, dealing with subtle racism and, you know. Yeah. And this is season one. Ambiguity. This is season one, episode 16. So it's still early when it starts getting into these things. So like I said, it's only downhill from here, guys. Um, but anyway, all right, so on to now the theatrical film. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> nice transition. <laughs> How's that? Um, so now with all that, we get into the theatrical film. So this is the film yeah. that really started it. Yeah. Um, Introduced the world's bravest muffin who must be protected. Captain Rex? Well, yes, but also... The Fulcrum herself, oh. Ahsoka Tano. Ah, yes, of course. The sweetest muffin. <laughs> She's blueberry. Yes, uh, fan favorite, uh, very I, beloved character, um, Ahsoka. And um, so, yeah, we get into. Um, I really like the film. I think that I don't necessarily think that it should have been a, which this was before like streaming films or. Yeah anything like that, but I don't think this deserved a theatrical release. And I, I think agree. that's what worked against it. Um, yeah. But overall, I think the film's good. Yeah. It is early in the production. So it suffers what, from what a lot of like season one episodes suffer from where it's just a little, it's still finding its footing, mm -hmm. but overall it's, it's a good movie. Um, you know, I mean, you don't necessarily have to include it in your film rewatch of all the saga films. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely required watching um, if you're going to be into the Clone Wars. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. So the opening narration for this is a galaxy divided. Striking swiftly uh, after the Battle of Geonosis, Count Dooku's droid army has seized control of the major hyperspace lanes, separating the Republic from the majority of its clone army. With a few clones available, the Jedi Generals cannot uh, gain a foothold on the Outer Rim as more and more planets choose to join Dooku's Separatists. While the Jedi are occupied fighting a war, no one is left to keep the peace. Chaos and crime spread, and the innocent become victims in a lawless galaxy. Crime Lord Jabba the Hutt's son has been kidnapped by a rival band of pirates. Desperate to save his son, Jabba puts out a call for help, a call the Jedi are cautious to answer. Yeah. Fun fact. Because <laughs> you love bringing because this up. Because I love bringing this up. Huts are hermaphroditic. In, in legends. In legends. Goodness. I was going to say it, you uh -huh. silly salmon. Um, that yeah. has since been removed. But yes, originally. Yeah. And when this was created, that was the yes. thing which explains why there's no... It's not weird that there's not a mother. Taint no mama. Because um, he is the mama. But... Yes, mama. that's that's not the case now. He probably has some concubine somewhere. Oh, which makes me sad because that's like that's kind of cool. What? <laughs> Just like a fun fact to throw out there, like Jabba's both, you know, the Godfather and the Godmother. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. So, but yes, the yeah. in Legends. Um. Yeah. But yes, now he has a kid, his little Pookie Muffin. Um. Which, adorable. Yeah. 
He's cute and stinky. I love him. And we actually have have some cool notes about him later. So uh, during the opening scene, uh, we see what uh, we come to know as the abduction of Jabba the Hutt's son. And so Jabba reaches out to the Republic and says, hey, if you have any information, you know, give it over. I'll help you guys, you know, get some connections to the Outer Rim if you help. And, of course, Palpatine wants to do this from a political standpoint. The Jedi are a little more iffy in the moral area because you know you're helping a gangster does does helping him condone uh what he does you know when it it, it gets kind of weird yeah it's a very you know interesting ethical conversation yeah. and let me ask you what is your opinion on that um it it's difficult it's very uh, difficult. The, the decision is mainly made out of selfish ambition. So the reason Palpatine is so pushy on doing it is not to save the life of uh, the son who hangs in the balance. It's not about his life. It's not mm-hmm. about the value of life is driving the decision. It's yeah. about the value of what Java can give them in return. Yeah. Um, so, you know, their neg- uh, Palpatine's perspective is negating the whole, um, history and past and uh, business of the huts to say, uh, no, let's help them because they need help. And because we can use that against them later. Yeah. The Jedi, their perspective is much more of, you know, yes, we should help because someone's life is in danger, but do we really want to be dabbling with the huts? Like, you know, where, where will this take us? If, if we begin this relationship, yeah. You know, uh, is it better left to say, hey, let the local authorities find your son? Um, or should we really step in? It, and yeah. so it's like it's one of those things. It's like the police helping a mob boss find his kid. Yeah. Now, are they helping because that kid's life is in danger, regardless of their their parents uh, past in business? Yeah. Or are they helping to say, all right, now we're going to turn you so that you can give us your other sellers and blah, 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 you know, but then you get the idea of, well, you're not getting him off the streets, but at least you're using him to get other people off the streets. Yeah. But you're still allowing him to do bad things. So yeah, it's one of those things like you, you can constantly go tit for tat of this, but that, but this, but that, but this, but that. And at Um, the end of the day, if the kid's safe at the end, you know, I'm cool with, Whatever you got going on, dude. Well, my, I mean, my thing would just be like, we'll save your son, but, you know, we're taking you in as soon as, um, you know, he's returned safely. Yeah. Uh, but then you get into the moral question of, well, then doesn't that ruin the kid's life anyway? Because now he's yeah. going to go into the orphan system. With I the mean, huts, he wouldn't. He would go to some other gangster family. But Which? You know what I mean. <laughs> but again, okay, now he's going into a negligent family that's just going to turn him into the next Jabba. So it's... Yeah. That's what I say. You can constantly come up with scenarios how it's never really fixed. There's no winning. Yeah. We're all going to die. That's most of, that's most of ethics yeah. is you can take either, you can justify like, either side. It's like the train scenario. Like, do you know, you know about that? No. So basically it's the image of a train with a forking track. Mm-hmm. You can't stop the train. You, there's the lever for the brakes is broken. Mm-hmm. You have to choose one path or the other. Oh, and it both on kills one, someone or something. Yeah. yeah. On one path, someone you love will die. 
and but just one person. On the other path, I think something like ten people that mm-hmm. you don't know. So what would you choose? It's so it's yeah. Yeah, you can justify it either way. Like what you can justify what you want to. Yeah. Uh so it's tough. Um anyway, the the Jedi end up helping. Yes. That that's what ends up happening. And uh didn't, because didn't mean to get into oh, you know, I mean, ethics and moral ambiguity. We were gonna save it for later, but I mean it can happen now. It's yeah. fine. Um of course because, you know, it's Star Wars and only, you know, the best of the best can help, they decide, hey, let's have Obi Wan and Anakin do it. Of course. Um they're still on Christophsis, finishing uh, up there. Um, they win a, a small battle that kind of drives back the droids. And as that happens, uh, shuttle arrives with... Yep. Filoni um, presses the muffin button. <laughs> uh, they believe it to just be, you know, message carrier of, hey, we need you to come back. You know, some slug baby's in trouble. <laughs> uh, but instead, it's, you know, apprentice delivery. The most adorable baby it's so interesting to go back in because uh, this is the first time since finishing Rebels that I've gone back and watched Clone Wars. Yeah. And so it's so interesting. She's so small and so round. Yeah, she's she's grown up so much. It's so crazy. Um, and, and you know, we are getting this uh, feelsy over a fictional character. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, oh it's real God. to me, dang it. Yeah. Um, anyway. Um, so yeah, she pops in and Obi-Wan's like, Hey, it's my apprentice. And she's like, uh, yeah, no. Um, because apparently Yoda thought, Hey, you know, Skywalker, you know, it'd be great if he had an apprentice, (laughs) (laughs) you know how much trouble he gets in. I'm sure an apprentice will help with that. Well, they gave Qui-Gon an apprentice. Yeah. But Qui-Gon was idealistic. He wasn't reckless. He He was argumentative as well. Yeah, but I, I I think that they trust... I mean, he was a Jedi. He was yeah. a Jedi Master, so they clearly didn't think he was radical enough to justify being like, yeah, you gotta go. Yeah, what kind of bull honky was that? Like, here you go, Anakin. Have have a teenager. Have all this power. You're not a Jedi Master. Right. Um, well, if anything, you... C- we'll get into that. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> so... They're quickly thrust into working together because um, the droids are amounting another assault. Another one. And so Anakin and Ahsoka decide that they'll sneak behind, take out the shield generators that are protecting the droids, so that way Obi-Wan and the other troops can destroy the droids. Yeah. Um, It doesn't exactly work as well as they expect. We get some great little Obi-Wan diversion. Um, There's some delightful shenanigans. Yeah. And then eventually, though, Anakin and Ahsoka succeed. They take out the generator and... Um, they kind of at the end are like, man, that was crazy. I don't like you, but yeah, she gets a cute nickname out of it. Yeah. Like they're still, they're begrudgingly accepting each other. Yeah. Um, snips. And so then they're quickly sent on, uh, the mission to find, uh, the little baby hut, um, who by the way is named, uh, I believe Rhoda the hut. I'm checking my notes to make sure because I think his name is stinky. Yeah, that's what they call him. Um, he was full stinker. Meanwhile, Jabba's uh, bounty hunters, um, whom he sent to find out some information. Uh, remember, this is a kid's show. This is a kid's movie. Um, the bounty hunters' heads are returned to... And, yep. and it's so funny because the protocol droid goes to answer the door, basically. Ding, ding. And decides, I'm not just going to tell Jabba. I'm going to 
come up with a great <laughs> introduction for this. So he comes back and he's like, hey, your bounty hunters returned. And he's like, oh, great, send them in. And of course, and they got a tourniquet for them, in, or not a tourniquet, they got a gurney for them and everything. Like they just <laughs> wheel them in and it's like, yeah. he's like, what? What is this? Um, yeah. <laughs> it's just. This is not my beautiful bounty hunter. Yeah, it was just so funny that they decided to do a whole yeah. shtick. Uh, uh, I guess you could say they're that. ahead of the game. <laughs> Uh, uh, head behind. Um, <laughs> Should have stopped when they're ahead. Uh, but luckily, uh, the Republic forces are at, better at information gathering. Um, some troops report back to Anakin that uh, Ventress and some activity has been spotted on the planet Teth, um, which is a planet created for this movie. Yeah. And so they decide to go for it. Um, yeah. So we get a great little action scene where, okay, so the gunships come in and they're deploying troops and there's a lot of heavy artillery, so they have to land at the base of a mountain and then scale up the mountain. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a cool scene um, where ATTEs, uh, the Republic Walkers, are cl are climbing up the side of the wall. Yeah. Um, it's like couldn't do that. Um, so it's interesting because I've always thought ATTEs look a lot like beetles. So it's interesting to see them kind of implemented like that. Yeah. Um, and so they scale up, they destroy the droid resistance, and then Anakin and Ahsoka explore the uh, Buarmore Monk Monastery. Um, so basically at the top of this mountain where um, the little hut's being kept, it's some temple, some alien temple. And a very sassy protocol droid. Oh yeah, so yeah, they find a droid there who kind of leads them along and says, oh, you know, hey, that bald lady uh, has been doing some suspicious stuff. You should uh, go check that out. This uh, is a, not, not suspicious a diversion. At all. <laughs> this is not a, This is real. This um, is America. Bang. Um, so they explore. They find Stinky. Uh, but it turns out this has been all a plot because uh, while they're doing this, Obi-Wan's been trying to negotiate with Jabba to say, hey, we're working to find your son. When we do, this is what the Republic wants. Uh, when he leaves, Dooku comes in and is like, hey, that sneaky Dooku. you shouldn't trust them at all. They're not going to be able to deliver uh, your son because they kidnapped your son. So the diversion droid um, took footage of Anakin and Ahsoka um, with us, with Jabba's son. Yeah, basically. It, fake news style, yeah. cut it in a way that makes it seem like the Jedi are the ones that kidnapped the kid. To be honest... Kid. Anakin does say, oh, I hate huts. Yeah. And now, <laughs> and that was just coincidental that he would say that. But, I mean, they could have easily just shown the footage of him, them with the kid yeah. and been like, yeah, that they could have it. But that was even more perfect that he got all personal with it and, yeah. you know, got honest. Which, let's be honest, Anakin grew has up a right. on Tatooine. Yeah. Most of the slaves in, in his uh, village, I guess... Were owned uh, by the yeah, were owned by the huts. Yeah, well, he was basically the Al Capone of Tatooine. Yeah, that's the sad irony of who they sent on this mission. It's like you send the one guy who has who was, personal history, right? Like that can't go wrong. Yeah, it's like Anakin. We're gonna send you to make a treaty with the Sand People. Oh, great! <laughs> Thanks. Uh, how how'd it go? Not great. <laughs> They just um, have, like, footage of him saying, I hate sand! <laughs> Kicking the sand while he's trying to talk to like, the It's like, oh, person. my children! <laughs> um, <laughs> that was my baby! So, kick the baby. Anyway. 
Um, Eat the baby. Good. Okay, calm Kill down. Kill a man. Take your shoes. Yeah, Kill every time. Take your shoes. So then everything kind of starts to implement. So now um, Dooku's like, okay, we've got what we want. Ventress, kill them, get the kid, bring him back. Yeah. Um, Which has that ever worked? No. Um, Send a Ventress to do a Sith Lord's job. So droids pop out of nowhere, start, you know, um, killing the clones. And meanwhile, Ahsoka and Anakin are trying to escape with the baby. Um, They end up finding... um, I guess Ventress's ship, or just a ship in general that's there. The suspicious droid ship. is on the ship, um, so I, I assume we're meant to believe that that was Ventress's ship. Yeah. Um, they steal that from her, and luckily Obi-Wan arrives just in time to help kind of deal with that mess while they head to Tatooine. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get there, and they split up. So Anakin takes a bag full of rocks, and Ahsoka takes uh, the hut. Um, because Anakin sensed that Dooku was coming, so he kind of lures him away. Yes. Um, and eventually, after a short battle, Dooku escapes, uh, and Ahsoka's able to deliver the baby after some resistance from Magna Droids, and it's just... Uh, well, not deliver the baby. Yeah. Way. It's just be like, here's your baby. Um, didn't come not out of baby. me, but here's yours. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, it kind of just all ends well. But, okay, so I missed, I, I missed a part. Um, there's the reason we're there in the end that Jabba doesn't kill. Cause he still thinks the Jedi are involved. The reason he's convinced otherwise is because Padme goes on her own little adventure to try and help find help from, I believe it's Jabba's cousin, Zero the Hutt. Yes. Um, who doesn't want to help her. She's like, well, why not? And so she sneaks around and eventually discovers her talking to Dooku. Um, and it was Zero all along who was helping Dooku. Um, do this because Dooku was then going to give zero Jabba's power uh, or some convoluted plot like that. So Padme calls just in the nick of time as Anakin and Ahsoka are about to be killed um, to say, Hey, your cousin, you know, uh, rolled over on you, sold you out. You know, the Jedi are the good guys and all, and all ends happily ever after um, ish. 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 <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's kind of the the plot. It's it's a film. It's got a lot going on. We kind of breezed through that. But, um, yeah. you know, overall, it ends pretty well to plan. <laughs> uh, it it kind of gets there. It lands sort of. Yeah. Um, Get something started. Yeah. So uh, some details on this episode, um, the droids are fun. I, you know, I specifically made a note that I love the, cl- uh, the clone wars droids. They're effective when they need to be, but they're also just funny along the way. Yeah. Um, and I never think it's too much for the most part. I think it always works because it's meant to reflect the poor programming, the cheapness of the battle droids. Yeah. Uh, and so I think it does a great job. Um, I particularly like, there's one scene where, uh, one of the droids is like looking down the cliff at the climbing droids and um, ends up falling over. Yeah. Or it, it's just, it's simple, simple little fun stuff like that. Yeah. That's what, that's what kind of makes me really enjoy the, uh, the Clone Wars is those little subtle things that aren't very subtle sometimes. Yeah. It's, it's not much, but it's enough to be like, heh, heh, heh. Yeah. Um, 
the interaction with Anakin and Ahsoka is already great in this. Um, <laughs> they got chemistry, definitely. Yes, and, and that's just a great <laughs> reflection of the writing behind the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and also Anakin and Ahsoka's uh, voice actors, their their own chemistry yeah. comes through, I think, a lot. And I will say there's a lot of like, ooh, they should be a re- in a relationship things in Star Wars. Ahsoka and Anakin, absolutely not. They are too much of like a brother and sister, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, like, there's I just a... I cannot get behind that. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that feel they're closer than Anakin and Padme. But I feel like that's how some friendships are. It's not necessarily yeah. that I'm closer with my friends than I am with you. It's just I'm close to them in a different way. Yeah. Um, and that I mean that's the point. Our our relationships are different and we're close in different ways. Um, Also, she's a teenager. Y'all nasty. (laughs) Well, Anakin, uh, by that point, he's only 19. Still illegal. 16 will get you 20. In our galaxy. (laughs) Ew! (laughs) I'm just saying, I don't know. I don't know galactic law. And we're moving on. Uh, Zero the Hut. Um, Yeah. Zero the Hut is a very... 60s noir style to him and his little hangout like he literally has a hookah yeah and well all jobs uh uh, not all jobs all huts kind of smoke hookah yeah um and eat frogs yeah that speak but like as as soon as you're introduced to his little dive bar there's like the saxophone in the background of the (laughs) it just it's so it's so like and the weird thing is like zero is very much and it is a dude uh, Zero is a dude. He's very feminine. He's very feminine, but uh, he has a very, like, film noir, like... Yeah, that um, guy. Yeah, kind of style to him. Like, if he was live action, he'd be played by Joe Pesci. Yes, that would work. Yeah, there you go. Um, Fan cast. Commander uh, Fox... This is getting into the, my nerdy stuff. Um, Commander Fox of the Coruscant Guard appears at the end. Um, the Coruscant Guard are some of my favorite... Um, the Coruscant Guard Shock Troopers. So they're a division of clones. Uh, yes. Now yeah. that, oh, well, that's the helmet. I just recently got a helmet of an Imperial Shock Trooper. Oh, well, there you go. But they serve, they serve the same purposes. So they accompany diplomatic missions. So yes. they're the personal protection of, um. When you're on a diplomatic mission to Alderaan. Yeah. Like, well, like senators and, and yeah. whatnot. Like if you're going on missions for the Senate, this is your protection yeah. <clears throat> um, as opposed to just any clones who are much more war driven. These guys are much more secret service kind of style. And I don't know if it's canon, but I know in legends they were much more, um, they were much more strict. It was in their programming that they'd be far more because um, they, they just, they weren't bred for war. They were bred for personal protection and diplomacy and near to politics kind of stuff. So they, they had no personality. They had no, well, I don't say no. A lot of people have no personality, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. So they were, they were very, they have no individuality, very, very little. It's very frowned upon because you're, it's like having a job at the Pentagon. Like you don't get the giggles and fun. You, you are all about the business. Yeah. So, um... You don't get to laugh with Karen at the water cooler. Yeah. Um, 
And so uh, Commander Fox in particular was very, very, very by the book and um, had a very strict style of leadership. Um, and he actually uh, goes on to lead all the way into the early days of the Republic, um, which is pretty cool. Um, and so we actually get to talk more about the Coruscant Guard next week with um, one of the episodes. So I like them because they have a really cool design um, when we are introduced to them in episode three. Um, and so really, uh, really big fan of them. They're, they're, they've got red armor. So that's pretty much why. Yeah. Um, but we got some great character. Like, it's not just cause they're cool. We ended up getting some great characters out of them. So like, uh, Commander Fox, we've got Commander Thire, um, or Lieutenant Thire to Clone Wars fans, um, and such. So I'm very tired. Um, me too. Behind the scenes, um, for this, or, well, let's pause there, go ahead and kind of have the, what did you, th- I mean, we've kind of talked along the way of it, but your, what, what were your overall thoughts of the film? It didn't really feel like a film to me. It felt more like a cluster of episodes with no commercial break. Which is exactly what it was. Yeah. It was just, I don't know. It was a little weird. I mean, I liked the contents. It's just... It was kind of weird in the way that it was presented. Yeah, well, and I think that's what worked against it is it was put out as a film. It was, um, you know, emphasized to be a film, and then it just it felt like episodes. Um, I think if it was done as just as episodes, it would be far far more appreciated and liked. Yeah. It would have done better, um, much like uh, you know Dragon Ball Z's return you know um the god of destruction movie and the uh, resurrection f movie Mm -hmm. are both actually the first like 30 episodes of dragon ball super so when they released the series guess what you got if you've already watched the movies you're watching again as episodes which is how it was meant to be watched Mm -hmm. so it's that awkward of like all right yeah um i feel like it would have been better served to have just released it as a series um, but you know, they, they made the call and the jump to do that, but, yeah. um, any favorite bits? Uh, definitely Rex and Cody. I always love them. Mm-hmm. Um, I was surprised at how much I liked Ahsoka. Just like pretty it gets much better. immediately. Yeah. Well, and yeah. that, I mean, She's a precious theme. and the great part is even the people that I've talked to that didn't like her initially, a lot of people, especially since Rebels, Actually, have come around a lot. Really? People didn't like Ahsoka at first? Mm-hmm. What's wrong with you? Well, I mean, people don't like Rey uh, for some reason, so... Um, I like to call those people wrong. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I liked Ahsoka from the beginning. I thought yeah. it was very fun. And, like I said, I think the the work between um, the two, the voice actors and the characters um, mm-hmm. to create a good relationship. I think they did a really good job and yeah. um, you know, it really does just continue to get better um, along the way, get more fun, get more emotional, get more uh, real along the way. So I think mm-hmm. they do a really good job. Ahsoka is very much the main character Yeah. when you, when you really think about the Clone Wars and, and such. Yeah. So yeah, and knowing what comes for her character later. <laughs> it's a rocky road. It's a rocky road. <laughs> I, I, I want ice cream. 
Oh my goodness. Um, well, let's finish the episode and we'll get you ice cream. Good. Uh, so some behind the scenes stuff. Um, I'm, I, I appreciate voice actors. I think we both yeah. do and the work that goes into it. So we always like to highlight some of the behind the scenes stuff. Um, Ian Abercrombie uh, is the voice of Palpatine and Darth Sidious. Mr. Um, Fitch. And he does, yes. And he does a really great job of it. I think I really like his performance as Palpatine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, it's sad that he has passed away. Um, uh, but he uh, gets, um, his, his work is finished by uh, Tim Curry, mm-hmm. funnily enough. Um, he does an awesome job as well. He does a better job as Sidious. He doesn't do Palpatine as well. It's 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 very s- subtle, but yes. there's there's a difference. I'm biased because I love Tim Curry. Oh, and I, I I I do too. But I feel like he's always doing Sidious. Like he's always he always feels and sounds like Sidious. He doesn't ever sound like Palpatine. Yeah. But overall, again, I do love uh, Tim Curry. So yeah. uh, I am I am more than okay mm-hmm. with it. Uh, and he had big shoes to fill again. Ian Cram- Amicrami did a great job. So he had very large. The clown shoes. <laughs> All right, well, I don't know about that, but um, David Accord did the voice of Road of the Hut. Mm-hmm. Um, must have been a very strenuous job making all those squeaks and <laughs> coos. Uh, D. Bradley Baker is all of the clone troopers, of course, except Bob. Coy um, Burton uh, is Worm Lothstrom, uh, who is the uh, general um, on Christophsis at the beginning, uh, but more importantly. Corey Burton was also Zero the Hut and um, the uh, IG-86 droid in Zero's uh, bar. Um, fun fact, Corey Burton actually goes to replace Christopher Lee in the show. Mm-hmm. Christopher Lee actually did Dooku's voice. Um, it was really cool to see, and you didn't catch. I did not. Um, we went between... So Corey Burton was Dooku in the 2003 series. Yes. We watched that. Then we watched this where Christopher Lee did it. And yes. then we go back to the next week's episode and Corey yeah. Burton's back as Christopher, uh, as a uh, Count Dooku. Yeah. I did not. Know. <laughs> like I, I did not that. notice at all. Um, I love that. Like there's people, if you're like me and you know, um, then yeah, you catch it. But it was so fun to kind of just watch and wait and see if you got it. And, yeah. um, I, I love did not. it. Um, I get so I, I love voice double um, actors yeah. like that um, who do just a great job of continuing on um, the great work that was done by the original voices and such. So yeah, you want to know another weird coincidence thing? What? There were two people in Star Wars that played Count Dracula. Mm-hmm. Mark Hamill. When did, he play, when did he play Dracula? Okay, back in the early 2000s, there was a cute little animated series called Nina and the Count. And Mark Hamill played Count Dracula. And it was so cute. Interesting. I think we mentioned... Oh, we may not have. Um, I think we did when we talked about the uh, Tales from Vader and the kind of Christopher Lee horror. But yeah. um, uh, Count Dooku... Or Christopher Lee was Count, the Count Dracula to Peter Cushing's Van Helsing. Yeah. Um, that was That is amazing. Likewise, Peter Cushing also played uh, Dr. Frankenstein, in which uh, uh, Christopher Lee was, uh, I think, I think he was Count uh, Dracula in that as well. 
I don't know. I think I, I, I'd have to dig out my reference book, but I believe he was also, he also played Dr. Frankenstein at one point. And Christopher Lee was in the original uh, Wicker Man, which was remade in 2006 into a Nicolas Cage movie. Six Degrees of Cage. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That's, we made it work. That's my game that I like to play. Um, so face. Anyway, oh. uh, Anthony Daniels as C-3PO, go figure. Ashley Eckstein, um, uh, the wonderful lady that she is, she is Ahsoka Tano. Yeah. Um, Nika Futterman is Ventress, as we mentioned, <laughs> and also she, uh, played the, uh, suspicious droid. Um, Samuel L. Jackson, uh, played Mace Windu in this, which was nice. nice. Um, but he's re- later replaced by Terrence Carson, who plays... Uh, most famously, Kratos in the God of Worms, uh, God of War series. Yeah. Tom Kane is an excellent voice. Yeah. Um, Tom Kane is Yoda, Wolf Yularen, and the narrator. Which, as I've said, is one of my favorite parts of the. Clone I, Wars. I love the very war propaganda kind of yeah. start to every episode. It's I very love cool. It. It's great. Um, Matt Lanter. Uh, oh, let's go ahead. It reminds me of like watching old Captain America cartoons. Right. Yeah. Um, it really works. It, it, it could get old quick, but it never does. Um, Matt Lanter plays Anakin Skywalker, does a phenomenal job. Um, I, I think he, you know, Clone Wars Anakin for me is very definitive in his character. I think that's the Anakin that George wanted us to know. Yeah. Uh, and that in no way takes away from my love of Hayden and yeah. his Anakin. If anything, it helps me understand Hayden's Anakin more. Yeah. Because definitely. you got, I mean, we get 121 episodes, hours upon hours of development and depth yeah. for this character. Which if you only watch the films, it's a pretty stark jump. Well, well, and then, you know, someone pointed out like, and, and I think you've mentioned it before uh, as well, is that, in Attack of the Clones and in Revenge of the Sith, he is in two very specific, very strained points of his life. Yeah. He's not just casual Anakin. He's a very specific emotional Anakin. Yeah. So, I mean, you have you have a man who has lost his mother in Attack of the Clones and his hand, dealing with, you know, loving a woman who he can for, never he, Yeah, he's forbidden admit. from yeah, I mean, and then you put that man through a war, a very intense war with a, a whole bunch of casualties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's intense. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, Hayden has the strenuous job of playing Anakin at two of his highest worst points. Yeah. You know, dealing with. A lot of stuff. And so I think that's important to keep in mind when you're watching um, those points is that Hayden's portraying a very specific Anakin in Attack of the Clones and a very specific Anakin in Revenge of the Sith. They're not different, but they're Anakin in very specific moments of his life. Whereas this, this is just Anakin casual. Yeah. This is just Anakin as as we know him in, uh, or this is just how he normally is and even in the show we get great high points and low points of his character as well where we see a little bit of that hint of hayden's um characterization of him and everything yeah. but um 
I can't I can't sing the praises enough of of Matt Lanter and his portrayal and also Dave Filoni's writing and George yeah. Lucas's uh, direction. Yeah. Of how they handled Anakin. Fun fact: Matt Lanter is also um, I won't say he's famous Lanter. for it, um, but uh, I love parody movies. Uh, one such is a movie called Vampires Suck, which uh, parodies Twilight. And he plays Edward Cullen um, or Edward Sullen or whatever. The parody version of uh, Edward Cullen in that. It's so funny. I okay. hate parody movies. Moving on. Well, it was a funny movie. All right, whatever. Like Spaceballs, Young Frankenstein, that kind of thing. It's Frankenstein. It's Frankenstein. Would you like some milk? No, Frau Brugger. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so as we mentioned, Christopher Lee is uh, portrays Count Dooku, um, who uh, later the job passes on to Corey Burton um, for the series. Kevin Michael Richardson uh, plays Jabba the Hutt. He is famous to me for roles in shows like Transformers, G.I. Joe, and several other great shows. Okay, let me guess. Optimus Prime. Starscream. Uh, Bumblebee. No. Uh, Jazz? No. Uh, Megatron. Mm-mm. You're not going to guess because you don't Rampage. know him. Rampage. You, you'll, you'll know him when I say his name, but you're not going to guess his name. Who was he? Uh, Bulkhead. Oh, you don't even know who you that is? You were incorrect. From, uh, Transformers Prime. Oh. Um, I don't think you watched that one. Nope. Um, I know he also played other voices as well, but he played Roadblock in G.I. Joe um, and such. I love the dumb names that G.I. Joe characters yeah. have. Well, okay, so basically, he's typecast as the big black guy in cartoons or as just the big heavy guy in um, other roles because he is a big dude. He's a former uh, football player and everything, Like, and you see it when you look at him. He's one of the sweetest, nicest, biggest bears of a guy that you could ever meet. But he is huge and could crush your face with his pinky. Mm-hmm. Like, he's <laughs> he's bulky. I'm going to Google him. Um, we also, uh, so we get uh, Catherine uh, Tabor as Padme Amidala. Does a great job of that. Oh, that guy. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Completely just interrupted you. No, you're good. Yeah. That's, I know that guy. Um, he's done a lot of stuff with like Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon oh, and stuff. Oh, he was the Joker. Oh, he was Shredder in um Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Nickelodeon one you love. I do love that. Yeah, that was him. Oh. See that deep voice, that big beefy voice that he has. That works for all the like bad guys and big guys and heavy guys. Yeah. Um, James Arnold Taylor, another one of my favorites. Love this dude. Um, played Obi Wan Kenobi and. Yes. I'm sorry. I just found out that Kevin Michael Richardson was Gantu in Lilo and Stitch. And also Schnitzel from Chowder. <laughs> yes. Rada, rada, rada. Um, James Arnold Taylor. Yes. James is who we're talking Taylor. about now. I know. You nerd. Your boy. Um, I love James Arnold Taylor. Uh, I love him from Ratchet and Clank and from just so many great things from Bionicle and... Uh, all kinds of great stuff. Uh, he's just an all around great guy, positive guy. And, um, yeah, I just, I think he's a lot of fun. Yeah. Anyway, I think like at the end of this episode, I, I just need to like go through at the end of just like Kevin Michael Richardson's Wikipedia page. Cause he has been in so much. Oh yeah. Things. He's been in a lot of stuff. 
Um, so the series uh, I mentioned, directed by Dave Filoni, produced by George Lucas. George Lucas actually was very heavily involved in the Clone Wars. So this is actually the last original thing George Lucas worked on um, involving Star Wars before it was sold to Disney. Yeah. Um, and people seem to forget that. People seem to think it was just Dave Filoni. But basically, Dave Filoni um, took direction and create creative influence from George Lucas so mm-hmm. George Lucas gave him ideas, and then Dave Filoni created it, um, is, is essentially what it worked out as. It's not to undersell what Dave Filoni did. Dave Filoni still had an immense job of translating Lucas's input and vision, mm-hmm. um, but George Lucas was a driving force with this show, um, which is great. And I think that's why a lot of it succeeds is because Lucas was involved and because he's getting to tell the story he wants to tell over a much longer period. Yeah. Um, and so, as I mentioned, um, originally it was supposed to be four separate episodes, but a late decision decided to turn it into, um, a theatrical, um, release. And it was actually announced at, um, Star Wars Celebration, uh, in 2005. Um, Filoni's original idea for the series actually revolved around reoccurring cast of characters who traveled aboard a spaceship similar to the Millennium Falcon and the ship's crew would have included a smuggler, his girlfriend, a Gungan named Lunker, and a Jedi Padawan named Ashla, um, and her Jedi Master. Uh, eventually, Ashla would become Ahsoka. And if you know you've watched Rebels, this actually sounds very similar to what would become Star Wars Rebels. Yeah. Um, and so it's interesting to see that come up. Originally, though, characters like Obi-Wan and Anakin were supposed to be reoccurring. They weren't supposed to be the main characters. Um, That quickly changes because get used to seeing them on on screen. Not that it's a bad thing. I just do feel like sometimes it makes it less. It's not not the Clone Wars. It's the Anakin and Obi-Wan and Ahsoka show. Um, But, meh. Yeah. Uh, I just, there's so many other great Jedi I would have loved to see a little bit more of. We do get some great appearances later on, but. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I also mentioned earlier that, you know, the, uh, Dave Filoni was very respectful of what came before and treated it as canon, treated it as true storytelling. So things like Adventurous and, and, um, certain story elements from the 2003 series, you see bleed into what the 2008 series does because, Filoni was purposefully treating the other series as if it existed. Yeah. Um, which is why my headcanon works too. Yeah. So f- and in my head, the 2003 series comes before the 2008 series and it just fits together. Um, Can I say one last thing about Kevin Michael Richardson? Oh my goodness. Yes. He was the boogeyman in my favorite Powerpuff Girls episode. Good. Sorry. I'm just like going through his Wikipedia page, just like, oh my gosh, he's been in so much. Yes, he's been in quite a lot. He was in Recess. Mm-hmm. He was in Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. He was in Samurai Jack. The Proud Family. Invader Zam. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, he was AJ's dad and the Fairly Odd Parents and Santa Claus. Sorry. Go ahead. I'm listening. You're, you're, just, you're listening or you're you're here with me? I'm, I'm, I'm here taking with away your you, phone. and I'm listening to you, and I support you, and I love you. Okay. Well, I'm taking your phone. Fine. <laughs> um, but if you say someone's name, I'm going to have to Google them in my brain. Well, I'll try not to do that. 
Uh, Christophsis and Teth were planets created for the film. Uh, Teth being based on Ralph McQuarrie's concept art for Jabba's Palace. Nice. Which is a nice little connection there since it's kind of centric to Jabba. He's got a big presence in uh, the plot. Um, and also, Dave Filoni loves using Ralph McQuarrie's work. Yeah. Um, especially when we get into Rebels. I love it. <laughs> uh, because I love Ralph McQuarrie's work. I mean, everything like I've seen of the concept art that Ralph McQuarrie did, it is absolutely beautiful. Well, and I have, um, I have three books. They're three giant art books. And it's uh, a series of books that fill, is filled with all the concept art of Star Wars, yeah. the original, uh, and and some into the uh, prequels, but um, m- m- the focus is Ralph McQuarrie because he's kind of the vision caster. But yeah. there's there's a lot of great artists that were involved in creating um, Star Wars as we come to know it. But um, yeah, it's just full of pages, and I mean, like these are uh, not like you put these three on your coffee table, it breaks your coffee table. They're not yeah. quick reads or easy reads. They're like full of stuff. Yeah, but and beautiful. It, oh, yeah. Well, and it talks about everything, too. It's not just pretty pictures, but it talks about what went into it. Why did this change from this to this and so forth and so on? I, I, like, I get nerdy about that stuff. But, yeah, that's really cool. I love Dave Filoni's use of um, Ralph McQuarrie work. Yeah. Um, I mean, Zeb from Rebels is literally the original design of Chewbacca. Yeah. It's crazy. I love that fun fact. Um. Uh, the Republic gunships, um, you pointed this out and noted this, and it was very purposeful on their part. The the nose art uh, is a homage to pinups and paint jobs um, that you would find on real-world planes um, in World, world yeah. War One. Yeah, um, I think the one that we see is a really cute painting of a Twi'lek on the side. It's not, I wouldn't say cute, but... Uh, My tummy is hungry. <laughs> um... Yeah, she's there. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're uh, they're very pinup inspired. It's very cool because, yeah. like you know, I grew up seeing pictures of real life um, plain nose art um, from my grandpa's days in the navy. I thought you were gonna say women, but yes. Well, I mean, yeah. What? 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 Just keep going. Anyway, um, so for me, it's very nice. It's 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 cool. It's a it's a cool little connection there to be like, yeah, that was that was a thing. That was cool. Yeah. Um, you know, and and it goes to show similar to how they paint their armor. You know, the clones. It's like you know they get bored between war and just decide to yeah. say, hey, what if we draw Padme on the side of our ship? Yeah. Yeah, that's no. a thing. I know it's a thing. I'm disappointed in them. <laughs> I mean, that's basically your mom. Not really. Not really, but they have no mom. Um, I think the closest thing I have is um, Paul Beans. What's her name? The Jedi Master. Oh, Shakti. Shakti. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Mama Shakti. She's kind of. We'll talk about her next week. I'm. I'm not a big fan of her in this series compared to the last. You mean you didn't like her with the maybe 15 words that she said? She's just very cold and very. just not very colorful and warrior like she's much she's very it's a, it's a stark personality change i'll say that yes um anyway so our uh, the last note was uh one i i thought was really interesting i actually didn't know about but it's pretty cool um 
Jabba's little punky muffin, as he calls him, um, Rhoda the Hut, might be small, but uh, in fact, uh, he's 55 years old. Wow. Old baby. <laughs> um, Huts spend the first 50 years in brood pouches of their parents and have the mind of an infant um, when they emerge. Jabba was 604 when he was killed. Wow. Yeah. Old boy. Um, Girl. Huts were previously hey. hermaphrodites in what is now Legends and is possibly the exp explanation for Rhoda's kind of sudden experience and unexplained appearance. Um, now that that's legends, I don't know if they'll ever throw away a line that says, yeah. oh, you know, yeah, that, that's my kid's baby mama or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they'll ever address it really, but. I'm pretty sure that huts were meant to be asexual at the beginning. I think, well, they're slugs. So I think they were based off of yeah. their real world counterpart a little bit, but yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Um, never really thought about how old huts could get, but there you go. They're like hobbits. Yeah, I guess so. They're not mature until they're in their early 60s. Yeah, because like, um... Frodo was... Frodo was what? He was like 62. Good lord. That's crazy. Yeah, and he had just reached... His birthday was when he reached maturity. Interesting. Like, I freaking love hobbits. I know. I identify with them quite a bit. Well, yeah, your eye level... <laughs> you also wear the same size shoe. Ow. <laughs> I'm not going to shave my feet for a while. I'm going them on you. You've been shaving? Ow. I'm just kidding. I love you. Do you? I do. You just walk right into them, though. With my big, <laughs> big feet. You said it. You oh, did, my so goodness. You couldn't. Speaking of big feet. It's time to walk out of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good transition there. Um, yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed uh, the ride along and hopefully um, you've watched the Clone Wars with us and enjoyed that and enjoyed our wacky and crazy yeah. and ADHD conversations. Hope of, you enjoyed um, a journey through Kevin Michael Richardson's uh wikipedia page <laughs> just you never know what you're gonna get on these nerd herder <laughs> things which check it out for yourself i'll send you a link um so but yeah uh if you want to watch ahead um next week we are watching season three episode one season three episode three and season one episode one um because we like to confuse you. yeah well because that's the order it's uh it's weird but I will say next week's episodes have been some of my favorite. There so you go. Far. And again, we're just tip of the iceberg. I know, right? So um, again, if um, you need, you can go to our Twitter page and find the um, list of our episodes and what arcs we're going to talk about each episode. You can also go to starwars.com and find their chronological watch list there. Either way, um, I recommend finding a list to keep track of so that yes. you can watch along with us or at least know what we're going to talk about each week. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think that's it. Yeah. Make sure uh, to interact with us on uh, Twitter. Tell us uh, which out of these three um, are your favorites. Uh, what are your favorite things about them? Um, yeah. How do you uh, feel about clone rights? Yeah. Where do you stand on the topic of clone rights? I think clones should vote. 
calm down. I don't think clowns should vote. (laughs) (laughs) That's how we got into our current situation. Oh, snap. Anyway, so yeah, reach uh, reach out, hit us up on uh, the social medias, and let us know what you liked about these episodes, how you feel about clone rights. Um, What do you feel about clown rights? (laughs) Follow us there. Um, Consider supporting us on Patreon and following us there for extra content. Um, Dollar a month can go a long way and really help us expand what we do um, and allow us to be able to do more. Also, things like... um, uh, our video of us kind of discussing our trip to Disney last week, as well as other little bloopers and fun yeah. things. Um, those do end up on Patreon. So yeah. um, if you, you want to stay connected to that. If you want to find out how many tries it took us to record last week's or yesterday's podcast. Yeah. It took all of several. It. <laughs> so um, all of that can be yours and more for the low, low price of a follow on Patreon and yeah. maybe a dollar a month if you really like us. It costs zero dollars, guys. Um, another way you can support us is uh, wherever you're listening, um, however your podcast allows, uh, to rate, review, and share us. And yeah. uh, that share really me. helps us um, get a nice internet presence there and helps our herd to grow. Um, Tell your friends about the weird podcast you just listened to. Yeah. These crazy Star Wars nerds. And so, yeah, I think that be it. That be our it. All right. So, well, thanks for joining us on our, uh, goodness gracious, third episode yes. of our Clone Wars rewatch. Yeah. And um, hopefully you enjoyed the ride. Uh, I have been, I am no longer, but I have been your herd leader, John Wayne. I retire. And I remain to be. You heard Mom Megan. Yes, and until next time. You're never getting rid of me. Stay scruffy. And may the force be with you.